You know, sometimes uh, ideas for homilies come pretty easily. Uh, this particular weekend wasn't one of those. <laughs> but earlier this week, I was uh, at the grocery store, and while I was in the checkout line, I was killing time there, and I was looking at the magazines on the rack, and who's doing or not doing what, and, and then I glanced over at the candy selection, and which I'm really not much of a candy eater. In fact, I think I still have Halloween candy left from when I was a kid. <laughs> and I looked at two particular candy bars, the good old Almond Joy and the Mounds, and that jingle that many of us are familiar with started playing in my mind. Sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. Now, I can only imagine what Father Dennis would have done with that had he been here. Um, and he is under the weather a little bit, but he'll be okay. Uh, but I thank Father Ray because he literally just jumped off a plane and came right here to help us out today. You know, sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. Obviously, the candy maker is letting us know that whatever our sweet tooth craving is for, they have us covered. And for such a reassuring message, we can be happy and satisfied happy and satisfied. And let's face it, isn't that what most of us want? And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with wanting to be happy and satisfied. But in our pursuit of happiness and satisfaction, sometimes situations in life come up. Situations in life come up that are anything but. However, as I was sounding off homily ideas with Colleen as we were sitting serenely uh, by our fireplace and listening to a fabulous Advent CD. It's called All the Way to Bethlehem uh, by Donna Ulysses. She's a bluegrass artist. Uh, Colleen simply looked up at me and said, remember, this is Gaudete, Rejoice Sunday, and we don't want a downer homily. <laughs> so with that, sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. And today's readings have us, have us covered for wherever you might be right now, and they lead us with hope and confidence and joy. And this jumps right out at us in that first reading from Isaiah with a tone of joyful expectation. The utter feeling of hopelessness has come upon these people, and abandonment is felt by those who were in Judah and are now exiled. And there don't feel much like enduring it at all. But not only will it not endure, they are told, Isaiah tells the people, don't even wallow in that feeling. Now this beautiful poem that Isaiah captures tells us how even a small amount of rain can change a desert into a vibrant landscape. And within our own recognition, within our own recognition of God's marvelous works in our own lives, we, we water the deserts of our own lives, do we not? And because of that, we too will ultimately join in with all of creation at the end of time, rejoicing in God's love and God's presence. And that sounds great. That sounds good. And it's good for us today and how good, I was thinking as I was looking at that second reading, how good it must have been for the early Christians who actually experienced by themselves and through their families, walking and talking and eating with the Lord, not to mention seeing him after the crucifixion. What joy, what joy they must have had 
And yet, yet in that second reading, St. James is having to reassure some of these early Christians. He's reassuring them, telling them, you're covered. Apparently, the joy had waned, and what they wanted and expected went far beyond that first experience of Jesus. What Jesus did, beginning with the manger, bringing hope and peace and joy and love, was apparently going to last only for so long for him. Hearts, indeed, had been changed. But the landscape to them still seemed the same. Jesus needs to return, physically return, they said, as he was here before. And he needs to change all of these institutions and organizations and this culture around us that does anything but his love. You're covered, James says. You're covered. But wait. Be patient. And he uses, as Isaiah does, that beautiful imagery of life-giving and changing water, noting the rains that come down and nourish the farmer's fields. The fields, the fields of our own lives today have been watered, and our hearts indeed have been changed through our own relationships with Jesus. But like some of those early Christians, sometimes don't we too want to see more, more of Jesus touching and impacting on this absolutely crazy world of ours. In the gospel reading, I found it kind of interesting that John the Baptist here, who is, by the way, in a, in a tough way. He is sitting in prison, and there's a very nasty outcome awaiting him. And all because he, frankly, just was calling people to God. And he questions whether or not Jesus is the one to come, the Messiah, the anointed one that the Jewish people had been expecting. And isn't this, isn't this the same Jesus John baptized, saying he should be baptized by Jesus, not the other way around? Seems like... At least he was pretty certain who Jesus was when he stepped in the water with them. Yet here he is from his prison cell asking this question, are you the one or should we wait for somebody else? It's a question I've asked, a question I think many of us have asked in one way or another throughout our lives when the Legos aren't fitting perfectly together like we think they should. But Jesus tells John, and Matthew tells us, you're covered. But you need to read the headlines of your heart and not rely on tweets or TikToks or news headlines to know and recognize God's presence in the world. Jesus then shares with John as he goes on the words of expectation that were written by Isaiah a long time ago, words John would have been most familiar with the moment he started to hear them, words that indeed touch and heal and enlighten and bring joy and love to a heart. Go and tell John what you hear and see, Jesus says. And when Jesus touched and touches hearts, joy enters, a joy that's not dependent on the weather, good thing for that, or even what another person might think of us, a joy that has an element of indeed what will be awaiting for us, but more so a joy that is what is right now. 
It's a joy that despite all odds and all the obstacles brought people to Jesus in those very first centuries, which were so difficult for those followers of Jesus. It's a joy that says, however our craving at this moment in time is, whatever we feel our relationship with God is at this moment, it will indeed be nourished and it will be satisfied in one way or another if we rely on that joy and if we let that joy lead us, starting indeed with ourselves and then truly one person at a time to all who indeed have a craving in their hearts for this great love, our Lord. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Whichever it is, Jesus has it covered.